0: Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of the J. Rolden Speaks Podcast. Thank you so much for being here, and I know you probably had a long day and things that you were probably getting into and probably you didn't finish, but I just want to say from the bottom of my heart how privileged and how thankful I am for you to spend some time with me tonight. Hey, guys, I want to start with a poem by John Keats. And if you've heard this poem before, then good, because I want you to listen to it again. But if you haven't heard this poem before, then really open up your heart, open up your mind, and maybe even your soul to, like, let these words sink in. And this poem is titled, When I Have Fears That I May Cease To Be. You ready? Here we go. to be, before my pen has gleaned by teeming brain, before high-piled books, in character hold like rich garners the full-ripened grain, when I behold upon the night's starred face huge, cloudy symbols of a high romance, and think that I may never live to trace their shadows with magic hand of chance. And when I feel fair creature of an hour, that I shall never look upon thee more Never have relish in the fairy power of unreflecting love. Then on the shore of the wide world I stand alone and think to love and fame to nothingness do sink. Fears that I may cease to be. Alright, so those of you who are new to this live, a lot of times I like to break down words into its root. Okay, so sometimes roots will, you know, if you ever do a study of etymology, if you ever look into etymology, if you don't know what etymology means, it's the study of the history of a word, right? Like where words come from. And so in this poem, fear is a very prevalent word. It's probably the most important ingredient in the writing of this poem and I know all of you know what fear is. You don't need me to explain it again. In fact, a lot of us probably don't want to hear it. We hate to confront it. We don't like it. It's uncomfortable. Which is what I'm assuming why you're here probably. (laughs) But a lot of times the best way to overcome things that make you uncomfortable, things that you'd rather not endure is by confronting it. And even though this is just a word, I want you to keep that in mind. This is just a word. Our minds are so embedded and so trained by All of the experiences that we had because of that word. But if you actually do an etymology of that word. Of words in general. Then perhaps we don't have to fear it as much. We can face fear by understanding fear by its roots. So here's something that I would like to share with you. If you didn't know this already. The Greek word for fear is phobos, p-h-o-b-o-s, phobos, right? This is where we get the word phobia, right? You can attach that to pretty much anything, right? Those of you who are afraid of spiders, for example, right? Arachnophobia, okay? So you take the Greek words to their roots, right? So what about this word phobos? Well, there's actually another word that sounds very, very, very similar to it, to phobos. And there's many different iterations of the word phobos in, in, in terms of like how it's spelled out. Because, just FYI, there's a difference between Ancient Greek and modern Greek. Big difference, okay? They sound very similar and in many ways they have the same spelling, same pronunciations in some in some cases, but they actually have different uh, different definitions. <laughs> so, Alright, let me get back on track here. So here's the idea. So the word for blood in Greek, right? Ancient Greek has root a root word of phlobonos phlobo, phlobomos, okay, phlobomos, which is not spelled like phobos but it has a similar sort of enunciation at least and so in my perspective in my studies I see a correlation between fear and blood there's almost like There's almost like a A stain In the blood Okay, there's something that Isn't exactly like pure about the blood Itself And then when you think of fear It's almost like a Alteration Of your own state of being Right, because I mean Think about that. All the words that exist today, especially like whenever you, whenever you use the word phobia, it's attached to something else, right? So like fear of spiders, right? Arachnophobia, right? And then any other phobia you can think of, it's always attached to it. So there's like a parasitic element to phobos, and this is what I mean by the blood being tainted, as if you had a parasite in your blood. So what am I saying here guys? It doesn't belong in your blood. It doesn't belong. It's temporal. It's attached. And if it can be attached, it can be detached. It can be plucked. So Here's another way of thinking about fear. I'm gonna use the Spanish enunciations this time and this is gonna be a bit of a stretch so all my Spanish speakers bear with me for a few minutes. So in Spanish the word fear is miedo okay Now the word for half for middle <laughs> is medio which are spelled differently. And they are una- pronounced slightly differently. But I like to think that there's actually a correlation there as well. <laughs> because if you think about it, right? There's an altered state of being whenever you are in fear. And then when you are actually like... If, if you really dissect and really reflect on like, what is it you're fearful of. And this is of no surprise. All of you should know this by now. There's a haltering. There's a halt of your state of being, right? There's like like a pause in the progression of how you experience something. So whatever your phobia is, you can never fully experience what that main characteristic or main objective is about. Now, a lot of you are not going to like this, but since I've been talking about arachnophobia, okay? (laughs) Since I mentioned that, a lot of you are not going to like this at all. But there's actually some, there's a lot of people that actually really, like, enjoy spiders. Okay? Like, scientifically, recreationally, they love them. Okay? They like to study them, they like to look at them. And I know some of you probably think this is weird, really strange, but... You probably have some things that are just as weird, just as strange. I know people that like to put ketchup on their rice, <laughs> right? Which is kind of strange, but man, they love it. They love it, okay? And so, <laughs> actually, this is a little side note. I gotta share this real quick. This is a little side note. So, my father, my father, uh, several years ago, came to visit and... <laughs> and he really, really, really likes ranch. And for a long time, he couldn't get it back home from his home country. He couldn't he couldn't purchase ranch. Like, and I'm talking about ranch dressing, okay? He, he wasn't able to get it in his home country. And he loved it so much that he, like, put it on everything. When he was here in the U.S. visiting me. I mean, he put it on everything. And I don't even want to list all the stuff he put it on. But, like. If we had a meal, he would ask for ranch. <laughs> it was so bizarre. So strange. He loved it so much that he actually took, like, packets of ranch back home when he left. <laughs> so, anyway, that's what I mean. Like, you probably think that people who like spiders are just as weird, right? But you probably have some weird habits that, you know, probably think people think that you're going to be weird, right? So, all I'm saying, guys, is that... You, especially those that don't like spiders, you can never fully appreciate spiders because of your phobia. You see what I mean? Phobia is like a parasite, it's it it latches on to that word. So you can never fully experience it. You're halt, you're you're halted in that progress, right? In that progress, in that procession of actually experiencing the main word here, in this case spiders, right, like really understanding like the value of them because depending on the actual like species itself right, depending on the actual type of species then, you know, they're useful, very useful so coming back to this word miedo in Spanish, right, which means fear so if you're halted in the progression of fully experiencing something, then you are in the middle of something. You're in the medio, almost like a purgatory type of deal, right? Like like you're in, you're not you're not technically in paradise, and you're not technically in in in, the, in the hell either, right? So like you're sort of in limbo, which is a very strange thing to think about like why is fear taking hold of you why is it stopping you what is it halting you what is it halting you from fully experiencing why so I would like to send this message to all men and especially you ladies I want to read this poem one more time and then I'm going to summarize it with this special message for both men and women but particularly men And just so you know guys, those of you who have missed my lives these last this past week, I have been advocating for men in particular. If you miss those lives, you can go to my podcast on Spotify and listen to those episodes. They are great, they are fantastic and they are done with a well-intentioned thought. okay this isn't about any type of sexism in any in any way this is about actually understanding why it is difficult to find good men and why we should be nurturing and protecting and absolutely we should be for good men So, let me read this poem and then I will send this special message for both men and women. Here we go. When I have fears That I may cease to be Before my pen has gleaned my teeming brain before high-piled books in character hold, like rich garners, the full ripened grain. When I behold upon the night's starred face huge cloudy symbols of a high romance and think that I may never live to trace their shadows with the magic hand of chance. When I feel, fair creature of an hour, that I shall never look upon thee more, never have relish in the fiery power of an unreflecting love, then on the shore of the wide world, I stand alone and think to love and fame to nothingness do sink. To all good men Especially young men. Search for truth and you find a perfect love that is not within this world nor in any human being and you accept that perfect love then you no longer have to fear type of rejection you don't have to fear death itself, you don't have to fear about the unknown you don't have to fear about anything or anyone and here's the most amazing irony about this practice by the way When you learn to overcome that type of fear, when you learn to overcome the rejection, when you learn to overcome the unknown, there's going to be so many people that are going to be attracted to that (laughs) and they will want to be around you. Some of the greatest, wisest people that have ever existed on this earth are the ones that actually learned to not give in to their fears not fear death, not fear the unknown and they learn to pursue a perfect love and truth that goes beyond any type of human reasoning or even human being so ladies, I know you know this already, I know you know this already, but if you don't, you need to find a man that actually understands how he has controlled fear, a man that actually like no longer dwells in his past of fearfulness. Of rejections, of the unknown, because you know that that same gentleman that has learned to overcome those fears, that man has a peace beyond understanding, beyond comprehension, but you know it's there and you can actually feel it, the way he conducts himself the way he talks and the way he thinks that gentleman is full of peace and I know I have talked about peace for so many lives at this point but you know what's interesting is that no matter how many times we hear it we still long for it because many of us haven't achieved that yet we don't we can't we are searching for that so, no, so me- no matter how many times you hear it. It never gets old. Because that's ultimately. What we want in our own life. In our own souls. There's a restlessness. About how we live. Right? And some of us get so. Easily angered. By the smallest things during our day. And don't get. And, and please. I'm. I'm. I'm letting you all know that, like, I used to be like that, pretty badly, actually. And occasionally, these last few years of my life, which have been so amazing, by the way, yeah, occasionally, like, I do, like, get, like, a little bit upset about some small things. But then I remember, wait a minute, (laughs) nah, man, I'm not. (laughs) There's no way, I'm not gonna get. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to waste my time dwelling in being upset about something like that. But really. I could have been like sitting at a beach somewhere and just looking out into the sunset and enjoying that environment or reading a book or like spending some time talking to a loved one or family member somebody that is truly dear to me in my heart and or maybe make something delicious, right? Like like a cake or something, you know? <laughs> I could have been like doing something pleasant, something delicious. So, ladies. Especially young ladies. I know you're going to come across so many people, so many guys that gonna be asking you out and just like asking you all these like questions and just like really trying to get your attention But really the guy that you should be seeking out, the guy that is going to be worth your time is the one that is a peaceful guy The one that doesn't like And I, 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 I'm going to say this with a lot of respect, okay? A lot of respect A lot of kindness, a lot of tenderness but we really don't care. Ultimately, ultimately, like yes, physical attraction is great and it's important. Also, personality is going to be very important, okay? Those two things are very difficult to balance, by the way. But ultimately, we really don't care how you look. <laughs> like, like don't get me wrong, like yes, physical attraction is important. But if you're using that as a way of, like, maintaining their attention, right? Like, like maintaining their interest, trust me, it's going to get old and really annoying. <laughs> I say this with a lot of respect, okay? I'll say this with a lot of respect. We just want someone that is loving, that respects us, right? That really just likes to hang out with us. Have some good conversations, not all the time. Just someone to cuddle with on a couch or whatever. You know, just someone to hang out with, right? Talk about some of the silliest things and some of the most profound things. We'll pursue you as long as you don't misuse our kindness. Right? If a man sends you a message, creates something for you And if you don't respond then okay, well Hasta la vista (laughs) Right? seek out a good man that is peaceful seek out a man that has stability in his life seek out a man that is loving but if you don't nurture that love then that's okay but someone will. And this is strictly for before marriage by the way, okay? This is strictly, I'm talking about like before marriage, because once you marry, it's a much different much different commitment, a much different perspective on how you should be pursuing each other. And in one of these lives I'll talk more in detail about that, but I'm strictly talking before marriage, right? Like the dating phase, or even like before the dating phase, right? Like a man that is peaceful, that doesn't get altered in anger, easily angered. So, there you go, ladies. So, speaking of a man that has, shall we say, faced his fears, here's a small little poem by Lee Hunt, and this was written back in 19, I want to say, 19, I'm sorry, 1860s, 1860s, around there, so before the 19th, sorry, before the 1900s. He wrote a poem called Jenny Kissed Me. So let's see what he said here. Jenny kissed me when we met, jumping from the chair she sat in. thief who love to get sweets into your list. Put that in. Say I'm weary and say I'm sad. Say that health and wealth have missed me and say I'm growing old, but add. Jenny kiss me. <laughs> I like this one. This is this one. So this one's very, very adorable. Actually, it's a short poem by Lee Hunt, and so here's the guy. And by the way, this is written by a ma- a man. By the way, and uh, Lee Hunt. You know, he- here we have. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. But I would like to reiterate, like the fear factor here, right? Because he no longer fears anything else right like he says say that health and wealth have missed me right say i'm weary sad and and say that i'm sad right he's basically saying you can throw all the stuff that you want me that are going to seem negative and you know the opposite of happiness basically but it doesn't matter because hey jenny kissed me i can go to my grave and people can write whatever they want about me even if it's going to be a lie, I'm not gonna fear that. Why? Because Jenny kissed me, so therefore my life is good now. <laughs> it's so cute, it's so adorable. And like I want what this guy has, right? I want that type of like fearlessness, right? I want I wanna be like this guy that says, you know what? It may not have worked out with this with this woman that I was interested in, but hey, she kissed me, man. It's it's, It's a great little poem I love this poem It's so nice, you know And by the way I need to say this real quick I know I shared this story before But I used to be very very shy Very shy when it comes to like dating girls Very shy And in fact I didn't really start dating until... I don't know, probably... Well, actually in college. That was that was more like when I actually started like really dating. I mean, I you know, I hung out with some girls in high school, but it, it's... I don't know. Those were weird, weird days, man. Those were weird. Anyway, where I'm going with this is that... Because I was so shy. My mother, actually. My mother was a huge proponent for us boys, okay? So she had four boys. She, she was a huge proponent of us to date. And she knew me obviously, right? She knew my personality, she knew what type of guy that I was going to be, all these things. And so she really wanted me, she really pushed me to like go and hang out with girls and like, you know, and you know, just date them and things like that. And I remember, I remember when I told her I was gonna hang out with this one girl and I said the name and, and she knew, she knew all the names because like she was really good friends with basically all... She, my mom was such a great woman that no matter what country we lived in she just knew how to connect with people she was amazing she had this true gift of just connecting with people it's, it's amazing and I Just an amazing woman. Anyway, so when I mentioned this girl's name, she was like, she knew. She was like, oh, okay, well, all right, so let's get your brother, let's get you dressed, right? And and she would like give me these pointers, and guess what, y'all, guess what? The one that stood out to me the most, okay, like, like, you know, she taught me like proper etiquette, all these things, right? Like, like opening the door, just being thoughtful, asking questions, things like that. But the one that I, I can't, I almost like, I almost can't believe she said this, but at the same time, like, I'm happy that she did. You know, she was like, she was like, if you see an opportunity to kiss her. Just go and kiss her. Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was looking at my mom. Mom, what? She was like, yeah. Ask me caso. Ask me caso, niño. She was like, just listen to me, kid. <laughs> <laughs> and she would get like, like, kind of like upset with me, like that I was like, ask, questioning her, right? I was like. And she would, you know, she, you know, obviously, like in in a, in a loving way, she would get upset, saying, like, of course, just go and listen to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so it's 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 really interesting. So, and she was right, she was absolutely right. The best kisses I've ever had in my life were the ones that I just went for it. The best ones. And one of the best ones I ever had, my goodness, it was on a summer night, early June, and there was a s- small light breeze and it was on a waterfront and it was absolutely a full moon like the moon was so bright that you could see it was so gorgeous so amazing and then because we were at a waterfront you could see like the water itself it was so cool (laughs) and I took my date there and you know this was after like we were hanging out and just chatting, and just having a good time, things like that, and so I took her to that spot, in this waterfront, and it was just us, and while we were talking, you know, we were both like, like walking and talking along the dock, and that night was so gorgeous, right, like, like, so picturesque. The moment that she actually turned around and was looking at me is when I realized, wow, she could have been, she could have picked any spot in this entire beautiful landscape that we were looking at, but she chose to look at me at that very instant, and I knew I needed to go for it right there, and I did, man, it's amazing, so good, her hair was like, it, it just had this really, really, really nice perfume. And by the way, ladies, I, if you don't do this already, I know some of you guys do this already. But if you don't do this already, I'm telling you, you, if you put a nice scent on your whatever it is, whatever thing, whatever you use to wash your hair, whatever I don't know what you do, but whatever it is that you use, like that's a good thing, <laughs> like. We like it. We like it so much. And, um uh, Yeah. Mm. I would continue to describe it and and, and and her, but... You know, out of respect for her and stuff like that. I'll just retain it in my chamber of memories here. <laughs> my chamber of secrets. But there was one kiss that I wanted to be kissed from. And I remember when we were talking she was saying that you know that she was trying to protect her heart, and I was, you know, and I'm protecting my heart as well. And and just how much, you know, the the bad experiences that we both had from from previous relationships. But I was slowly trusting her, and I imagine she was slowly trusting me as well. And. We were both just hanging out and talking about this, and the more she shared her stories, and the more I share her stories, there were more connected. There was a, a stronger connection, connection happening, and-, and eventually, I just went for it as well. You know, in reality, it doesn't really matter where you are, where you're located. As long as it's with someone that you... ...enjoy being with... ...that you could see something more profound, something stronger, perhaps. Ladies, I'd like to say that, you know, peaceful men have a very common trait, a very common trait, and that is loyalty. You see, we no longer are worried about who we are because we know who we are. We no longer are desperate for love because we know who we're loved by and it's no one here on Earth. We no longer are portraying a personality that is trying to impress somebody Because we're at peace, truly, truly at peace. And so, once we're there, once we are at peace, then we're loyal to who we are interested in. We can't multitask. If you are worried about that, that's something that is an issue that's going on in you. And you're going to have to figure that out, by the way. You're going to have to solve that problem. We're not going to solve it for you. We don't multitask. Men can't do that. Despite all of the accusations that some of you probably have experienced from other men and the stereotypes that come with it, okay? I get there's some really awful people out there. But see, all those men are not at peace. Every single one of them are not at peace they're insecure that's why we do those things that's why they do those things but see a man that's at peace is going to be very loyal and so if we're interested in you that means something more than you know You see, I know I've talked about this before, but there used to be a practice where courting was an actual, like, cultural practice. See, when you court somebody, you are not only getting to know them, but you're getting to know, like, their family. You're getting to know, like, their sort of environment, right? Like, like their, their, their sort of daily life, the things that they like to experience and and the things that they occupy their time with. And so a man that is loyal and that is at peace is more than willing to do that because, well, they want to know you more, right? They want to know all these things about you. And the only thing that a peaceful man asks in return is for you to be honest with him, right? Honesty is much more preferred than anything else that you can think about substituting it with. More than your looks, more than your appeal, right? More than your body, more than your everything else. We want you to be honest. If you don't like some peaceful man in your life, or at least one particular man that is a peaceful man in your life, then say so. You know why? Because that peaceful man is going to be like, okay, that's fine. I'm sorry it didn't work out. But I wish you well. I really do. but I'm not here to be on your roster I'm not here to linger because I'm not doing that with you and if I think that I don't see a future with you that I would rather not court you that I'd rather not get to know you and like get to know your family and all these other things then I'll let you know oh yeah I'll definitely let you know. And I've done that, by the way. More than I can say actually. It's never pleasant, but it's not like you know, it's 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 not like in the end, honesty is much more preferred. listen to this one guys. This is by the same poet that wrote Jenny Kissed Me. This is titled, A Thought of the Nile. It flows through old hush Egypt and its sands, like some grave mighty thought threading a dream, and times and things as, as in that vision, seem keeping along it their eternal stands. Caves, pillars, pyramids, the shepherd bands that roar roamed through the young world, and the glory extreme of high Sesostris, and that southern beam, the laughing queen that caught the world's great hands. Then comes a mightier silence, stern and strong, as of a world left empty of its throng and the void weighs on us and then we wake and hear the fruitful stream lapsing along twixt villages and think how we shall take our own calm journey on for human sake This is a description of the calmness of the Nile. If you ever get a chance to go and see the Nile, do it. It is absolutely worth your trip. It's worth your time, it's worth your money. It is absolutely worth it. And when you do... don't fill up your schedule with things. You can do that other days, but I want you to reserve one whole day of just walking along the Nile. There's some parks, by the way, that you can walk along the Nile. And I want you to look towards the west. There is an absolute glow that is shining on this Nile that you will never ever be able to describe. But you know how it will make you feel. And what I would like for you to do is let go of any fear you've ever had in your life that has controlled you all your sorrow, all your sadness and at least during that time of your visit along the Nile just throw it into that river Let it just offer you peace in return. It may not last you very long, nor last you the rest of your life, but at least you'll have a memory that will remind you what it feels like. interesting is that the Nile has seen so much history. It has seen wars, it has seen civilizations, it has seen flocks of thousands of people walk across it, sail it. It has seen so much turmoil and yet it still has that magnificent glow and that calmness of that running water and yet it still irrigates thousands of farmland all along the Nile I think that says a lot about who created that. all of you anymore. Do something about it. Go find out what abiding love looks like. What a peaceful love looks like. An everlasting love. And you will find out that It will be beyond any man could ever love you by. And the greatest part about that entire wisdom, by the way, is that you'll be able to love a gentleman in the best way possible. And see, I come back to the peaceful man once again because that peaceful man is going to be ever so loving to you if he's interested in you. I'm so at peace that I love taking care of my body. One of my aunts actually came to visit me this past Christmas and my aunt is one of my dearest dearest aunts that I absolutely just love wholeheartedly and in fact this particular aunt kind of and I don't think she meant to do this by the way I know she didn't But she kind of like became my substitute mother after my mom passed away. She didn't mean to do that, but I I just loved her that much, because... She just had this... Grace and tenderness about her that... And wisdom, by the way, that... I absolutely just needed in my life, and so anytime she comes to visit... I want this woman to feel absolutely special, whatever she needs, no problem. And (laughs) I was having a conversation this past weekend with her and she actually forgot how old i was (laughs) she she forgot how old i was because she started realizing that i was so at peace that i just naturally took care of myself right like what i ate how i carried about my day how i like did my work and you know the sort of like management of stress all these things right like Like when a man at peace naturally wants to do this And so I I don't compare myself to anybody I mean, I acknowledge there's some really great guys out there, right? Guys that are, like, you know, a lot more, like, you know, just, like, perhaps more athletic, perhaps. Maybe they're talented in other things that I'm not in, right? And, and you know, they're probably a little bit wiser when it comes to, like, certain practices, like like mechanics, for example. And, you know... I I acknowledge those things, right? But I don't compare myself to them anymore because I'm at peace. I know where my soul is going. I know what wisdom I have and how it's continually growing. I know what sort of personality I have, right? And how it's emitting and transmitting to others. And so, this is like basically what I would like to continue to offer y'all in terms of the type of guy that you should be looking for, right? <laughs> A peaceful man. Truly peaceful man. One that does, just doesn't say it, but the one that emits it. You can see it in their physique, you can see it in their thoughts... You can hear it in their words. There's a kindness and a tenderness and genuineness about them that you probably haven't seen before. What age was I when my mother passed away? I was 16. Alright y'all. I want to open up the floor now. And if you have any requests for some poems, now is your time. We have roughly about a little less than 25 minutes before I close the show. So if you would like for me to read something. Now is your time to put it into the comments. I'll put it on my QE on my screen here, and then we will read them, right? I'll honor it. Hey, Sixteen, it's good to see you again. Look at that, all the way from the Midwest. I'm not gonna say where, but all the way from the Midwest. Hope everything's going well for you. All right, so once again, I want to open up the floor for any requests, put them in the comments section, and so, I will put it on my screen here, have it all ready, so please, if you don't mind, I just would like to say that, by the way, while you're looking that up, I would like to say that I don't mean to ignore anybody's comments here, but if you've never been to, like, a lecture by any professor before, like, sometimes we get so lost in the unraveling of some of these poems and some of these thoughts that we have that it's kind of hard for us to, like, come back down to earth (laughs) so i don't want you to feel like i'm purposely ignoring you it's just that i just get lost in this this thought and so i want to finish it before i start like reading some of your comments so anyway today was your birthday well happy birthday what's your name again mariana happy birthday mariana hope it was a great one i hope you enjoyed it with your family Alright, so somebody says one of mine? Okay. Alright, we could do that. But before I do that I wanna see what else is there anybody Come on y'all. <laughs> Don't just say like anything Give me some titles, man <laughs> Fine. Something by but no, to that. let's see. I mean there's too many to list here but yeah I can I can find something for us <laughs> So we got Rumi, Rubber Frost Neruda One from me What else? All right, here we go. Open C. Vianudula. Excellent. Give me one second. Jose Marti. I have one from him. Where do you find calm guys like me? <laughs> In church. That's where you are find it. <laughs> guys that are learning from the Bible themselves, right? Looks like we're ready, and just making sure there's no other requests. Alright, so let me make sure that we have all the stuff we need here. Okay, you guys ready? What did you, though? I'm <laughs> just kidding. There was a poem that I read yesterday. I think it was from last night. of From the last of the night. Pedrita, si ¿Eres español? ¿Hablas español? ¿Te acuerdas del nombre? Or do you remember the name of it at all? Oh, you mean the, is it the one about the daughter or is it like the one about love me now? Something like that. Pedrita. Oh, about love. Oh yeah. 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 Yeah, That's by uh, Roy Croft. Roy Croft. You want me to read that? Okay, but if I read it, that means you have to follow (laughs) I'm just kidding Alright, let me Let me Let me see if I can find it real quick One second Okay, found it. Alright y'all, so I'm gonna go down the request list. So I'm gonna start with Neruda. And then I'll go to um, Frost. And then we will go to Rumi. And then to Benedetti. And then to Jose Marti. And then to Roycroft. Alright, y'all? Alright, this is titled... This is titled Open Sea by Neruda. This is the English translation, so... You know what? You know what? Let me do the Spanish version first, if you don't mind, and then I'll do the English one. One second, y'all. I'm going to actually read two different poems by Neruda, and the first one is in Spanish, and then I'm going to read another one by Neruda, which is called Open Sea, but the one in Spanish is called The Sea, and I rather, I don't want to translate this one because I, first of all, I can't find a translation, but second of all, because I want to just do it in Spanish, and so I want to honor some of my Spanish speakers here, and so espero que lo disfruten, y bueno, aquí vamos, y espero que... conectan, se conectan con el poema. ¿Listos? Aquí vamos. Necesito del mar porque me enseña. No sé si aprendo música o conciencia. No sé si es ola sola o ser profundo. O sola ronca voz. O deslumbrante. Su posición de peces y navíos, el hecho de es que hasta cuando estoy dormido, de algún modo magnético círculo, en la universidad del oleaje. No son solo las conchas trituradas como si algún planeta temblor- tembloroso participara. Paulatina muerte. No, del fragmento reconstruyó al día, de una racha de sal, la estaláctica, y de una cucharada de el Dios inmenso. Lo 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 que antes me enseñó, lo guardo. Es aire, incesante viento, agua y arena. Parece poco para el hombre joven que aquí llegó a vivir con sus incendios. Y sin embargo el pulso que subía y bajaba a su abismo, el frío del azul que crepitaba, el desmoronamiento de la estrella, el tierno desplagarse de la ola, dispalafarando nieve en las, con la espuma, el poder quieto, y allí, determinado como un trono de piedra en, la profundo, en lo profundo, sustituyó el recinto en que crecían tristeza terca, amontonado olvido. Y cambio bruscamente mi existencia, de mi adhesión, el puro movimiento. If, to my hands, from its havocs and bounties, the sea might appoint me a ferment, a portion, a fruit. I would speak for that concord of distance, perspectives of steel, evenings and airs of allergic extensions, and your power like a language of whiteness, O oh, ocean, the spoiler of and rending of columns, into innocent essence brought low. Not yet that ultimate wave in the weight of its brine, smashing on seacoast, conducing the peace of the sand that encircles a world, but power and volume. Concenter, capacity ranges the water. Unmoved in the flowing aloneness in a suf- surfite of lives, time. It may be, or the goblet of motion's eternity. Ungathered and brimless with death, original singlehood, visceral greens in a charring totality. A charring totality. Charring totality. The drowned arm uplifting carries the kiss of the salt in a droplet from the torsos of men, a humid perfume on the beaches, the soaked flower retained in your power, in a semblance of squandering force, undiminished, returned in a semblance of calm, and the wave giving way in a bow of identity, explosion of feathers, a trifle of spindrift, expends itself headlong and returns to its cause unconsumed. Unconsumed. And vigor recovers its origin. No more than a ruined excess, and you surrender, O sea, who unhusk what the cargo reaches rejects. And whatever mobility frees from abundance, or the cluster of being, dissevers Farther than sea surge, your foam is extended. Ardent and ordered like a gesture of breathing on breast and its vesture out of us isolate being. Born up into tissue of light, and your meadows arise on the billow and the flesh of a planet is barred, the substance of selfhood overflows into being and the crescent of silence is brimmed. And here is no crater's dismemberment, and the cup of a headlands or pinnacle's emptiness Vestiges, scars, patrolling on air's mutilation, the goblet is shaken with salt and with honey, and creation's ab- abysm of water, and nothing is lacking, oh sea. For the petals of ocean contend with the planet's pulsation, and the undersea granaries tremble. Hazard is hung on the smooth of a wave. A swarming and swimming of schools, and only the mesh of the nectar- net cord ascending draws up a flesh scale extinction of lightning. One wounded gradation of distance, and the crystals accomplish perfection. What a way to describe the sea, ladies and gentlemen! What a way to describe the the sea. Isn't this amazing? Can you imagine just like sitting down with a noodle and just like having a cup of coffee and then all of a sudden he just like pops out this like poem of like what he thinks of the sea? <laughs> I'd probably be like, be looking at him and be like, bro, can you say that again? <laughs> but this time slowly. (laughs) And yeah, I would call him bro, by the way. (laughs) Maybe. All right, next is Robert Frost. And this one's titled, Acquainted with the Night. I hope this speaks to you in some way. Are you ready? All right, going to start in three, two. One. I have been one acquainted with the night. I have walked out in rain. And back in rain. I have outwalked the furthest city light. I have looked down the saddest city lane. I have passed by the watchman on his beat. And dropped my eyes unwilling to explain. I have stood still and stopped the sound of feet When far away an interrupted cry Came over houses from another street But not to call me back or say goodbye And further still an unearthly height one luminary clock against the sky Proclaimed the time was neither wrong nor right And I have been one acquainted with the night And that was titled Acquainted with the Night by The American Robert Frost Did you enjoy that? Thank you so much for the request. I can't remember who requested that, but I would like to say thank you so much for requesting it. Alright, where are my Spanish speakers at? Wait, I forgot. I gotta do Rumi next. Mario Benedetti. And then it's the Roy Croft. So... I forgot her name, is it, um, who's the one that requested Love by Roy Croft? Anyway, I hope you're still here, because if you're not, I'm skipping it. (laughs) Just so you know. Oh, there she is. Cool. Alright, alright, alright. So, here's the next one. This one is by Mario Benedetti. And I love 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 this one. So let me make sure I got the right the right translation. Alright, so Okay, I'm going to read one by Mario Benetti, and I love this one. This one's called El Trato, which means let's make a deal. But I want to read it in Spanish first, and then I'm going to do the English translation. Are you guys ready? Okay, listen to this, guys. This is fantastic. Hagamos un trato, compañera. Usted sabe que puede contar conmigo. No hasta dos o hasta diez, sino contar conmigo. Y si alguna vez advierte que lo miro a los ojos y una veta de amor reconoce en los míos, no alerte tu, sus fusiles. Ni piense que delirio a pesar de la veta, tal vez porque existe usted, puede contar conmigo. Si otra vez me encuentro huraño sin motivo, no piense que flojera. Igual puede contar conmigo, pero hagamos un trato. Yo quisiera contar con usted. Es tan lindo saber que usted existe, uno se siente vivo, y cuando digo esto, quiero decir, contar, aunque sea hasta dos, aunque sea hasta cinco. No ya para que que acuda, presurosa en mi auxilio, sino para saber a ciencia cierta que usted sabe que puede contar conmigo, puede contar conmigo, let's make a deal. To two or up to ten but count on me. If you ever notice that I look into your eyes and a streak of love you recognize in mine. Do not ready your guns nor think what a delusion. Despite the streak or maybe because of it you can count on me. If at other times you find me, surely for no reason, do not think, what a bore, you can still count on me. But let's make a deal. I would like to count on you. It's so nice to know that you exist. One feels alive, and when I say this, I mean counting, even if it's up to two, even if it's up to five, not so you come hurrying to my aid, but to know for sure that you can count on me, my darling, my love, my companion. my heartbeat on... in this world. Puedes contar conmigo. So lovely. Alright, y'all. Here is one by Rumi. I'm sorry, 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 sorry. Yes, actually, Rumi. Okay. And then it's... Where'd it go? Alright, here we go. This is one of my favorites from Rumi. You ready? In three, two, Sense your scent when I come into a room you've just left. Know the lift of your heel, the glide of your foot. Become familiar with the way you purse your lips. And then let them part just the slightest bit. Space and kiss you. I want to know the joy of how you whisper more. Isn't that so good? Mío. this next one is by jose Marti Aquí vamos cultivo una rosa blanca sincero, que me da su mano franca, y para el cruel que me arranca, el corazón que con que vivo, cardo ni orruga cultivo, cultivo una rosa blanca. rose to tend, in July as in January, I give it to the true friend, who offers his frank hand to me, and to the cruel one who blows, whose blows break the heart by which I live Thistle nor thorn do I give For him too I have a white rose Great selections y'all Gracias Sarah Thanks Sarah for suggesting this one all the foolish, weak things that you can't help dimly seeing there, and for drawing out into the light all the beautiful belongings that no one else had looked quite far enough. you because you are helping me to make of the lumber of my life, not a tavern, but a temple, out of the works of my everyday, not a reproach song, and I love you because you have done more than any creed could have done to make me good. coming from, seek out a peaceful man that knows who he is, what he's worth, and can love you with a peace and a grace and a mercy beyond comprehension. And he will be your greatest friend. he becomes your greatest love. Love him with the greatest honor and respect that he deserves. Because he won't expect it from you. Which is why he deserves your love. Croft. We're not done yet. I want you to listen to this one. I've read this before, but this is so, so right as a good transition into another poem here. You ready? This one's titled, I Want You, by Arthur Gillum. It is absolutely one of the best, best poems ever. (sighs) Let me make sure I got the right name. Alright, here we go. You ready? vamos Happy birds to loving mates are calling. I want the soothing softness of your hand. And I want you when the stars shine up above me, and heavens flooded with the bright moonlight. I want you with your arms and lips to love me throughout the wonder-watches of the night. And I want you, when dreams I still remember, the lingering of your kiss for old time's sake. With all your gentle ways so sweetly tender, It's noontime, sun-steeped and quiet, or drenched with sheets of rain, and I want you senses need the haven of your breast, and I want you when through field and wood I'm roaming, I want you when I'm standing on the shore, and I want you when the summer birds are homing, and when they've flown, season, and I want you with a tear or with a smile, and I want you more than any rhyme or reason, and I want you, want you, want you, all the while. Sorry I didn't tell you enough how much I thought of you, how much I wanted you. rest. Rock to do. on earth a while, and then, no more. Amid the throng, she passed along the middle floor, and spring seemed to smile on earth a while. she came, which way she went, what garb she wore, I noted not, I gazed a while and then I saw her once, one little while, and then no more. Twas paradise on earth a while, and then no more. Ah, what avail my vigils pale, my magic lore. She shone before mine eyes a while, and then, no more. The shallop of my pace, the peace is wrecked on beauty's shore. Near Hope's fair isle it rode a while, so may perchance a meteor glance at midnight or some ruined pile a little while and then no more.
1: I saw her once, a little while.
0: Paraland a while and then no more. Oh might I see her again once again as once before Through chance or while that shape awhile and then heart now sad and sore, would beat anew a little while. the season, and the unseemingly endless obstacles we face. not to love you. I won't promise you anything except for this. place in me. Wherever we go, whatever we do, I will be your greatest friend and love would ask of you, my darling, a question soft and low, that gives me many a heartache, as the moments come and go, and your love, I know, is truthful love grows cold, it is this that I would ask you, will you love me when I'm old, and life's morn will soon be waning, and its evening bells be tolled. but my heart shall know no sadness, Down the stream of life together, we are sailing side by side. Hoping some bright day to anchor safe beyond the surging tide. Today our sky is cloudless, but the night may clouds unfold. But though storms may gather round us, will you love me when I'm old? And when my hair shall shade the snowdrift, and mine eye shall dimmer grow, Lean upon some loved one through the valley as I go. I would claim of you a promise worth to me a world of gold. It is only this, my darling. We ought to be together, you and I, we want each other so, to comprehend the dream, the hope, things planned or seen or wrought, companion, comforter, guide and friend. As much as love asks love, does thought ask thought? Life is so short and so fast the lone hours fly. A sorrow that was long unsoothed by thee, for thy smiles can make a summer where darkness else would be, and like the leaves that fall around us in autumn's fading hours. the traitor's smiles that darken when the cloud of sorrows lowers and though many such we've known love to prune and prone alas to range we both can speak of one love which time can never change and we have lived in love together through the many Many changing years. And we have shared each other's gladness. And wept each other's tears. And let us hope the future. As the past has been. Will be. I will share with thee my sorrows. And thou thy joys with me. Miss you. Miss you. Miss you. Everything I do echoes with the laughter and the voice of you. Every corner and every turn and twist. <laughs> every turn and twist and every old familiar spot whispers how you've and how you're missed. Miss you. I miss you. I miss you. Everywhere I go, there are poignant memories dancing in a row. Silhouettes and shadow of your form and face, substance and reality everywhere displace. Oh, I miss you. Miss you. A strange sad silence mid the busy whirl just as though the ordinary daily things I do wait with me expectant for a word from you and I miss you miss you miss you nothing now seems true only that was heaven just to be with you. Hearest the sound of my name. Another may woo thee nearer, another may win and wear. I care not, though he be dearer, if I am remembered there. Could I be thy true lover dearest, and couldst thou smile on me? Be the fondest and nearest that ever loved thee. But a cloud over my pathway is glooming, which never must break upon thine. And heaven, which made thee all blooming, never made thee to wither on mine. Remember me not as a lover whose fond hopes are crossed, and whose bosom can never recover the light. It has lost. As the young bride remembers the mother she loves, yet never may see, as a sister remembers a brother. Oh, dearest, remember me. <laughs> All right, y'all, this is going to be the last one for the night. This is coming from a request from earlier Someone wanted me to read some of my own poem So I'm going to pick one here And this will be the last one Alright, I'm going to do one in Spanish, and then I'm going to pick another one in English. And unfortunately I'm not going to translate this into into English, but I want to honor my Spanish speakers here, so... Are you ready? Alright, so this one's called El Trato, which means The Deal. And once again, I'm going to read this in Spanish first, and then I'm going to pick another one in English. And those will be the last ones for the evening. All right, See sí, yo te amo. cada día, de cantar, de besar, de hacer el amor profundo, y te quiero más de lo que piensas. Pero hagamos un trato, yo seré tu tu hombre, yo seré tu ser. Seré tu protector, proveedor, y cuando me mires a los ojos, Verás un futuro de paz, de esperanza, de amor, seguridad, indudable. Amor mío, eso eres tú. Estoy listo para ser tu tu marido, el padre de nuestros hijos. Y tú eres, y estás, aquí conmigo. one, y'all. Here we go. Let's make this a good one. This one's titled To My Darling. You ready? I've often thought about that night walked along the beach, and I remember your face, and your eyes were soft and assured of my affection, and your smile was peaceful and happy, and your hair was magnificent and smelled of the sweetest perfume. You placed your head on my shoulder and I could feel your heart for me. Do you know your eyes sparkle at night? I swear, you are a shooting star incarnate. that night to never end, the sea breeze and the delic- delicate colors of the evening, and your warm hands around my arm, I myself when I guide you through the sand, listening to your laughter fueling my every being. moments are precious and live forever. If you should ever wonder of me, or if I am unable to be with you, I want you to touch these words and feel them. you and let it generate an everlasting memory far beyond the limits of this world and listen to how my words liven you and how every syllable kisses your lips and every vowel caresses your body be here whenever you need. And for now, take heed of this moment for time bridges the past with a future and it is obligated to adhere to your heart's demands and conjure me inside you And the warmth of my embrace will forever live in joy and gratitude. Until then, I will think of you and dwell